0: Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. We are a team of expert doulas trained in supporting VBAC, have had VBACs of our own, and work extensively with VBAC women and their providers. We are here to provide detailed VBAC and cesarean prevention stories and facts in a simple, consolidated format. When we were moms preparing to VBAC, it was stories and information like we will be sharing in this podcast that helps fine tune our intuition and build confidence in our birth preparations. We hope this does the same for you. To hear more about us and to hear our individual vbac stories, be sure to check out episodes 1, 2 and 3. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional.
1: Hi everyone. Happy Wednesday. This is Megan. Welcome to Episode 10. We are super excited today. We've got Ashley from Georgia. She had to be back, and she is going to share her story today. When she heard about our podcast, she contacted us and said we she would love to share, and we are so excited. Her story is kind of about how she always felt like she was on a clock. So, Ashley, if you would not mind, um, feel free to go ahead and share your story.
2: Okay. Um, so, I'm Ashley. I currently live in Savannah, Georgia, and um, my first birth took place in Birmingham, Alabama, um, where we lived at the time. Um, so, my my first pregnancy was pretty unremarkable. I had, you know, just morning sickness here and there, but nothing, I wasn't really sick all the time. I was pretty active, went walking, and um, just had a really lovely pregnancy, and um, I took a breastfeeding class that was offered at the hospital, but I didn't I didn't take a labor and delivery class or like a child a child care class or anything. I felt like I kind of knew the basics, and I didn't really feel like that was going to be something I needed to do. I just thought I would go into labor at the hospital and have a baby, so um Fast forward to the end of my pregnancy. My husband um, was a medical resident at the time, and he was having to take his boards um, in Chicago. So we lived in Birmingham, and he was leaving me to take boards in Chicago um, the week after my due date. So he had to take his boards on, I think it was June 13th, and my due date was June 8th. So I was a nervous wreck, and I was just constantly kind of waiting. On labor to start, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll have the baby early, and he'll have a couple weeks at home. And um, I was, I kept bothering my doctor. I'm like, when can can we induce? You know, what what can we do? We need this baby to be here before he leaves to go take his board. Well, my doctor, he was he was adamant that he would not induce. Um, he really didn't want to induce at all. That he especially didn't want to induce before 40 weeks because with first time moms and non favorable cervix um and everything it just makes you more at risk to have a c-section so he was like i will i'm not going to induce well so time goes on i'm still i'm not dilated at all my cervix is not favorable it's closed and i'm not even dilated a fingertip and he's like no we're not going to induce well i finally (laughs) i finally convinced him at my i guess it was 39 week appointment um to agree to an induction, my husband came with me, and he was like, "We really, I, I, really want to be here for the birth. I don't want to leave without the baby being born." So he agreed to try a Foley bulb induction on the Sunday after my due date. So it was due on June eighth, which was a Saturday, um, which was a Sunday, and he said he would he would let us come in that Sunday evening and start an induction on Monday. So it would have been forty weeks one day, and so he did a membrane sweep. As much as he could that day, when he did the cervical check, I was like barely a centimeter dilated, and we went home. This was like, I guess, a Wednesday or Thursday before, um, actually, my water broke. So I um, so I had I had some contractions after after the membrane sweep, and then we went walking, and for those couple of days, I we walked and walked and walked and you know, did the old wives tales, we ate eggplant and ate spicy food and had sex and did all that kind of stuff to try to get labor started, but nothing really, nothing really worked. Um, so fast forward to Thursday night, um, which was June 5th, I went to bed and I, we went to sleep and was trying to get comfortable and I was just kind of up and down all night, like kept going to the bathroom and getting back in bed and finally I, I was so uncomfortable and I couldn't, I wanted my husband to be able to sleep. He was still, he was studying for his boards and trying to work up until I went into labor. So that that night around one or so, I, I kept fidgeting and tossing and turning and I finally went and laid on the couch. Well, I was laid on the couch and all of a sudden I felt kind of a, a pop and like a little trickle of water and so... And I had just peed, so I was, like, I knew that it wasn't urine. So I went to the bathroom, and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, my water broke. It kind of gushed out after that, after I sat down. And um, so I called my husband, and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, uh, my water broke. And so he was <laughs> he was kind of freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> oh, like we do like, <laughs> clean up at like, 2 in the morning. And he was, you know, we're, like, running around, like, oh, what do we do? So I got in the shower. I called triage. And they were like, okay, well, if, if you think it's your water, you need to come in, you know, just come in as soon as you can, which now that I'm more educated on birth, I know that I shouldn't have gone right in, but <laughs> so we, um, <laughs> we, I took a shower and he took a shower. We kind of finished packing and took pictures of my belly. And, you know, it was like about an hour later, we headed into the hospital. And um, so this was about, about 2 a.m. my water broke and we got to the hospital around 3.30, and we, had, you know, went into triage, and they they tested to make sure my water had actually broken, and it had, um, and so they decided to admit me, and I was only like a centimeter dilated at the time, so this was, by the time we got to the, the labor and delivery room, it was probably 4 a.m., and the doctor who was there um, decided to just see if my body would kinda of kick start. Like I was having irregular contractions but um I wasn't having strong contractions. I mean I was I didn't even know I was having contractions until they hooked me up to the monitor. So the baby was fine and they were like, Well let's just see if you kind of if things will kick start and you'll kinda of go into labor on your own. So they they had told me after that first cervical check, they were like we don't we don't wanna we wanna limit cervical checks to um Maximum like every four hours because we don't want to in, introduce bacteria. So, so at 8 a.m. there was a shift change and um, a new doctor came in. And she was like, "Why, why are you not on, Why is she not on pitocin?" She was kind of frustrated that they hadn't started the pitocin because I wasn't contracting regularly. So, she ordered the pitocin and they started it. And I was I was hooked up to a monitor. So my water had broken, so I'm having constant water coming out with every contraction, and so that was kind of miserable. But um, so I sat in the bed for a while, and I was just I was on the Pitocin and having contractions, and I could feel like when they were going to start, but it, they weren't super strong. But I, I didn't know any difference, and I hadn't I hadn't really had any Braxton Hicks contractions with, in, during pregnancy very much. Like sometimes if I would really walk fast, you know, like exert myself I'd have a contraction here and there but they were never really painful so um I decided to stand up next to the bed and um and so from she checked me at eight and I was still at 8 a.m and I was still only one to two centimeters she so then I stood up and I was on the toes and I was standing next to the bed they put the squat bar I was kind of trying to do squats and get the baby to come down and um And they checked me again at noon, and I had progressed to three centimeters, but, um, which now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I just reread my birth story and kind of made a couple notes to have a timeline, but um, so I was contracting like every two to three minutes, and they weren't super painful, but I didn't know any different. Well, at 4 p.m., I still hadn't really progressed much from from that last check, and (laughs) they were concerned that my contractions were not strong enough. So they decided to put an internal monitor in. And so I hadn't—I didn't want to get the epidural before I was at four centimeters. I just had this arbitrary, you know, goal in mind that I wanted to be at least four centimeters before I got an epidural. So i um, they decided to put an internal monitor in to monitor just how strong the contractions were. Um, so... They did that, and that was very, very painful. I didn't have an epidural. and so she, she put the the internal monitor in, and they realized that my contractions were not strong, like strong enough. So they decided to start up the nitrous in every 15 minutes. And the whole time, my daughter's heart rate was perfect. They even commented, like her strip is perfect. She's having great accelerations, and she looks beautiful, and everything's good. But you know, we need you to start progressing faster. And kind of had, like, turn around C-section if we're not progressing fast enough because it had already been over 12 hours since mm-hmm. my water broken. And so they were, you know, they had kind of put me on that clock, like, we need to deliver the baby within 24 hours, you know, after the water break. So around, they were just, after after they started the Pitocin, they started upping it, like, every 15 minutes they'd up it a unit. And so wow. I was starting to really, like, I was starting to really feel it, and, like, okay, like, if, if this is <laughs> this how it's going to be, like, yeah, I need to get the epidural. And my nurse was like, if you want, like, she could see that I was in pain, and I was, like, trying, you know, I, I wasn't coping while well. I was starting to really hurt, and I was getting really nauseated, and she was like, let me, you know, put in the order for the anesthesiologist. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> this is at, like, 630 p.m. 6:30 p.m. so my water broke at 2 a.m. so I had been laboring for a while and um so get they get the um get the resident it was a medical resident who came in to do the epidural um we were at a teaching hospital in Birmingham so um he comes in and he's he's kind of nervous and come to find out my husband's like yeah he probably just like just started his second year of anesthesia like <laughs> which he didn't tell me all this at the time until afterwards and I'm like really Oh my gosh. So the resident is doing my epidural and he's like asking the attending physician the questions on like how to place it and I'm kind of hmm. like Oh, you don't know what you're doing, like yeah. what's going on? <laughs> and um, so I was kind of freaking out, but he placed it and it was good and I could still I could still feel the contractions which was which was good. It was kind of a light epidural but um it made me kind of immediately hot and kind of itchy. And so I was I was, I don't know. I just felt kind of icky, but I, I laid there and I was, my nurse kept helping me like switch sides and, and, um, and try to get my cervix to change faster. So this was about, at about 2 AM, they noticed that the baby's heart rate was kind of starting to, um, starting to accelerate. So it started going faster than normal. And, um, so they checked my temperature and because I was really hot and they checked my temperature and I had a fever. And um, so they were concerned that I had a uterine infection and that the baby could be, you know, being affected by this. So um, the maternal fetal medicine doc who was on call that night, he was watching her strip and he's the one who had come in and been like, Oh, she looks beautiful. Everything's great. You know, we're just keeping a close eye on her. So he came in and he was like, Look, if if she doesn't stabilize and if if your fever doesn't break, we're gonna need to we're gonna need to get her out because we you know we're worried about her. So I'm like panicking. This is this is at 2 a.m. and he's like, we're gonna give you some Tylenol and I want you to put the oxygen mask on and just really try to try to relax and stay calm and we're gonna like keep checking on her. So I was like, okay. So an hour later, my fever had broken and my temperature had come back down to normal and she had stabilized. And so we continued, they, they were going to let me continue the labor. And so it had been 24 hours since my water had broken and um, and I did, I had choreoamneitis is what it's called where you have an infection um, in your uterus. So, mm-hmm. um, so at about 7 in the morning, um, she kept she kept my nurse kept having me switch sides and I was like at a nine but I had like a little bit of a cervical lift and she's like we need to we need to get this last little bit out of the way and then we're going to start pushing so so by about like seven fifteen, seven thirty, 15 7 30 she's like oh my gosh we're at 10 centimeters and we're ready and so she she got the little surgical the little tray in there and you know had everything all set up and you know so I'm like I was like so excited that we were at pushing stage and and everything and So she, my nurse, it was just my nurse and my husband, and they had, there were some techs and people coming in and out of the room, just kind of getting everything set up um, for the baby to be born. And so, so excited, and I was doing some practice pushes, and she's like, okay, you know, and I could feel, I've had the epidural, but I could feel all the pressure and everything and felt like I was making a change. And, you know, they were like, yes, you're doing great, you know, well, then my doctor, so I have I had several shift changes, like every, every like, 12 hours, I guess, or or maybe every, like, eight hours, I had a new doctor who was coming on, so I, ha- I saw, like, four doctors that day, or, <laughs> and so it's June, I thought I was going to have her on June 6th because my water broke early, early in the morning, June 6th, but that didn't happen, so it's June 7th in the morning, and my doctor comes in, and she... She looked very somber and concerned, and I, I thought, you know, well, something must have happened next door. Like, what, like we're excited in here. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Yeah. And she looks at me, and she was like, um, she's like, Ashley, um, we need to get this baby out. She's like, I, I'm going to watch you push a few times, and if we can get her head low enough to deliver her emergently with, like, four or vacuum, then I'll let you try to – get her out vaginally but if not we're going to need to get her into a, get you into the OR and get her out because her heart rate is decelling and it's not coming back up quick enough and we're concerned about mm-hmm. her not getting enough oxygen and so oh uh, cute major freak out so I'm like oh my gosh get her out like just let's yeah. go yeah. just, we got to get her out you know so we're like uh, you know I'm like sobbing and You know, everybody's like, "It's okay, you're okay." You know, my nurse. It's shift change time for my nurse, and so I was, you know, I was upset because I wasn't going to have my nurse that's been with me for the past twelve hours with me. And Mm -hmm. she was like, "Don't worry, like I'm I'm going to come with you." Just don't worry. She was, she was such a godsend. She kept me calm, and so they're like, you know, there's a flurry of people coming in. They turn the pitocin off and my daughter's heart rate kind of stabilized, but they still were concerned because of, I had the fever and then she was having all those decelerations. So they were like, you know, we're, we're going to let you stay awake. Like we don't need to put you to sleep as long as the epidural can be upped and everything. So the anesthesiologist came back in and administered different medicine to make the epidural stronger. So I wouldn't feel anything. And um, it worked. And, from the time they decided to do the section to the time they had cut my belly open was probably like 15 minutes or so. Wow. Was pretty fast, pretty fast. Yeah. Um so they sent my husband to the little room and scrubbed, you know, he got all scrubbed in and everything and um and she came out screaming and she had at you know, good outguards. She was like 9 and 9 and um, the thing I was most upset about was that golden hour of bonding. And like, I had pictured, you know, having the baby put on my chest and, you know, being able to see her and hold her and mm-hmm. breastfeed and do all this stuff. And so that I was, I was so upset about that with the C-section and they agreed to not tie my arms down and to put her on my chest as soon as, as soon as she checked out and that she was okay. So, um, after she was born. They took her over and did her at bars and kind of cleaned her off and made sure she was breathing okay and all that. And um, then they put her on my chest, and um, she was she she was crying, and then she kind of calmed down, and I was able to kind of, like, look at her as best I could with my being laying um, down. and Yeah. And, um, and then I kind of started shaking from the medicine, and um, so they I had them take her, and my husband got to hold her, and we did, you know. Recover they they finished the surgery and willed me into recovery, and I was able to hold her and nurse her and you know she she was perfectly healthy and um it was good we We stayed in the hospital for a few uh we were in the hospital for three nights um and I had to have i v antibiotics like mm, yeah three different antibiotics. Of the infection. Yes, because of the infection, and she had to do antibiotics for the first, I think it was the first 36 hours they had to do. She had to have a little IV and do antibiotics, and she'd have to go to the nursery for an hour every, I don't know if it was every four or six hours. She'd have to go and go to the nursery for an hour and get get her IV antibiotics, which was really sad, but um, she did great, and um, and so that was my first birth. <laughs> it was not ideal, of course, because my husband had to go and take his board. So he, we got home from the hospital. She was born on Saturday. We got home from the hospital Tuesday night, like pretty late, and he had to leave to go to Chicago on Wednesday. I was at home with this tiny baby, and my mom, my mom came and helped, um, help uh, while he was gone. He was gone for three or four days, so. The worst part of the C section recovery. Of, yeah. The hardest <laughs> part of
1: recovery.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness so, for your mom. Yes, it was um, it was pretty it was pretty hard. I just it was just exhausting and really really hard and just totally unexpected. Like mm-hmm. that's just not how I pictured
1: my it birth going. to go.
2: Yeah. And so um after after my my initial shock of, like, oh, my gosh, I had a C-section. I was kind of, I was sad about it, but I felt like I couldn't really be sad about it. And people are like, well, at least y'all are healthy. And, you know, of course, like, of course that's wonderful, and that's the ultimate goal. I mean, you want to have a living baby and a living mom right. and right. be alive and healthy, but it was still, I was still mourning the loss of of the birth that I really wanted to have. And, um... Mm-hmm. That was tough, and um, my, at my six-week checkup with my doctor, he um, he agreed. My my doctor that I had gone to the whole, my whole pregnancy, he wasn't the one who ended up delivering me um, because he wasn't on call, and it was a weekend, so um, that was kind of sad because I had really I really loved him, but um, he agreed that I would be a good candidate for VBAC because I you know I had completed, I had dilated to 10 and I was at pushing stage and it, you know, it was because of fetal heart tones for the reason for my C-section. So he was supportive of, of, um, the trial of labor for the, for my next pregnancy, whenever that would be. So, um, fast forward, we moved to Savannah Georgia and, um, we decided that we wanted to try and have another baby. So, we started trying to get pregnant, and it just wasn't happening. Um, it was. It took, like, 11 cycles to get pregnant, which with my daughter, it didn't take that long, and so we were kind of, I was starting, we were starting to get concerned. So I had gone to uh, my doctor, and she agreed, since I was under 35, she agreed that after 12 months of trying, that um, we could talk to a fertility doctor and see if there was you know some reason why we weren't getting pregnant so they did an ultrasound and um, looked at my uterus and everything looked, looked normal and everything looked healthy my ovaries looked good and everything so and they had taken some hormone levels and everything looked healthy and normal so she was like I don't know what you know why you're not getting pregnant but um, she's like maybe try to lose you know like try to lose 5 to 10 pounds and see if that'll kind of if that'll help, she's like, I don't know. Sometimes that helps. So it was in January, and I was like, okay. So I really did my my New Year's resolution, and I I went on a diet and I started exercising, and that month I got pregnant. So I don't know if that was a fluke or if that you know <laughs> if I would have gotten pregnant anyway or if that helped. I started my pregnancy, and I was like the lowest weight I'd been in a while. So. um I got pregnant and I decided I was going to try and find a VBAC supportive provider, um, which is kind of hard to do in Savannah where we live. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went on some mom message boards and they referred me to, um, some female doctors that are VBAC supportive. So I went in and, um, called when I got a positive pregnancy test and they were like okay you can come in this day, and um, you know we may or may not do an early ultrasound I was going to be like right at six weeks um, right at six weeks pregnant so I went in they did an ultrasound and um, they saw the gestational sac but they didn't see the baby but they were like you know it's probably fine everything's fine and we talked about um, the potential to have a trial of labor and um, so come to find out I was I should have kind of asked more questions or which now I know from reading more VBAC um, websites and articles and all that kind of stuff. um, She was like, as long as you're, you know, you don't gain too much weight, as long as you don't have gestational diabetes or any other, you know, health problems, um, as long as the baby is projected to weigh less than nine pounds, as long as there were like all these, all these things that I had to do to be able so to, to meet. just to have yeah. a trial of labor. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay, you know, okay. Like, okay, I can do all these things. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty confident I could have pushed my daughter out if she wouldn't have been having heart decelerations And, you yeah. know, yeah. They, they were like, yeah, we got to get your surgical report and make sure, you know, the incision was this, and make sure that the reason wasn't because of, C p d and um, you know make sure her head wasn't too big, which she did have a really big head, but um, come to find out through my son, so that had nothing to do with that I don't, but so um, she told me you know all these things, and so at the time i didn't there just really aren't very many doctors who will agree to let you have V and a lot of, there there are some doctors who will, but then they're partners in the group won't support it. And so mm-hmm. it just depends on who's on call. So I decided to go with, with the doctors I did because they try to deliver their own patients and they're they're in a practice together. So I thought, okay, this is my best chance. And so fast forward through my pregnancy. My pregnancy was a little bit harder. I mean, I had a toddler, so I was tired and I was really nauseated. I had to take nausea medicine. And, but it was... <laughs> You know we made it through that, and then I got to about i guess third beginning of third trimester, I started getting a rash and really, really itchy and my doctor was like, "I think it's probably just contact dermatitis, like try to change your laundry detergent or try to do this and so I was like, "Okay, we'll come to find out a couple of weeks later it it got significantly worse. Well, I was diagnosed with pups, which mm,
1: is um i I wondered when you said that,
2: oh my gosh it." was miserable so I I had pups at like 27 weeks so it was just it was a really rough pregnancy I was I was sick and then I got food poisoning at like 32 weeks when we went on our baby moon oh. I was I got really bad food poisoning and didn't enjoy that at all I was like 32 weeks pregnant and vomiting and you know you poor thing having contractions and so I was like kind of freaking out a little bit and then fast forward to 36 weeks we had a Hurricane, Hurricane Irma, was projected to hit Savannah at a Category 4. It was right at 36 weeks. I was packing. We were going to evacuate. Of course, my parents are freaking out. They're in Alabama. They're freaking out, like, what do you got to get out of there, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I'm like, I don't want to leave. And um, that night, uh, I started having some spotting. And so mm-hmm. I was concerned, like, oh, my goodness, you know, I really hope I'm not going, in, like, I hope I don't go into labor, Right now, I'm 36 Mm -hmm. weeks pregnant, and all this stuff is happening. So I called my doctor, and they were like, "Okay, we'll come in. Like we've had some cancellations because everybody's getting out of town, and we'll check you out." And they were going to do they were going to do an ultrasound around 36 weeks anyway, just to check on fluid and check on growth and make sure everything, you know, make sure he was looking good. So I went in, and she they were going to give me my like a medical sheet to take with me if we evacuated. So that I would, so that the doctor in another city would know that I had had prenatal care and all that, and kind of just a general overview of my pregnancy so far. And so she did the ultrasound, and he was measuring about six and a half pounds and about 75th for all the measurements, like head and belly and all that. So they were like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's looking good. He's projected he's probably going to weigh about eight pounds, which is what my daughter weighed, eight eight, when she was born. left that out but she weighed 8 8 and was 20 and a half inches long so she was you know a good-sized baby okay, but yeah. um so they wanted one of the stipulations for my VBAC for them to really be quote-unquote supportive was for the baby to weigh less than nine pounds so I was like okay so he's projected to weigh about eight pounds by 40 weeks so I was like okay good did a cervical check just to see how if there was any changes since I was having the spotting and I was um about a centimeter and about 50% of face. So she was like, your cervix doesn't feel like a lady who's about to go into labor. She's like, I think hopefully he will stay in and everything will be fine. And, you know, we won't have a baby while everybody's Mm -hmm. evacuated. And she was like, we're probably going to stay here, but they are closing the women's labor and delivery for that hospital. So they were only keeping Memorial Hospital, which is like the main um, public hospital open, but they were closing all of the specialty clinics for the other hospital because of the evacuation. So, yeah. She was like, you can't come, like, if, you're, if you go into labor and you stay here, you cannot come to this hospital because it, they won't oh have anybody gosh. on staff to, like, do an emergency C-section or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. But we were kind of, like, hedging our bets, and we kept watching it, and the hurricane ended up going more west of us, and so we were kind of spared, thankfully. But we still yeah. evacuated. we still evacuated out of our flood zone my sister-in-law's house, um, which was closer into town, um, just so we, if we did have flooding, which our neighborhood ended up did have some, having some flooding, but since we were in a mandatory evacuation zone, the ambulance wouldn't be able to come to get us if if I had gone into labor or something. So it was fine, and um, everything was fine. I didn't go into labor. So my doctor wanted to, I declined cervical checks weeks 37, 38, I just didn't really feel like it was going to be helpful. But at 39 weeks, I was like, okay, let's see if anything's changed. And I was two centimeters, 70% effaced, which Yay. I was so excited about. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good. We're like moving in the right direction. And she asked if I wanted to have a um, membrane sweep. And I declined because um, my doula, so I didn't talk about, I, around 30 weeks, I had um, decided I really wanted to hire a doula because, I'd read all these studies about how a doula decreases your chance of having a cesarean and they're really great for having an extra birth support person. Um, mm-hmm. My husband was kind of, he was kind of like, okay, if that's really what you want, then we can do that. But he's, he's kind of thought it was weird. And I mean, I kind of, I'm like, I'm not really a crunchy hippie person. And that's kind of what I thought doulas, you doulas know, were, were kind of people, <laughs> but um, it was really great for me. And she was, so awesome and we um so during from about 30 weeks we interviewed her and really liked her and um decided to work with her and she is trained in hypnobirthing and so I she'd given me all the hypnobirthing material so I had been doing some hypnobirthing and she teaches yoga and um so I'd done a couple yoga classes and anyway
1: that's that's kind of like
2: off like off tangent but I forgot about hiring her as um a doula so she was a very important support person during all of these these upcoming OB appointments. So I had talked about a 30, 39 weeks. I was two centimeters, 70%, and I didn't want to do a membrane sweep because my doula was going out of town. This was, like, the only time she was going to be out of town. For, she was just going out of town for the night. But I didn't want to go into labor and her not be here. Right. So um, so I was like, no, I, you know, we'll just do some other stuff. So we we were trying – you know the old wives' tales type things, doing the foods and sex and walking and all that kind of stuff. The next week, I went to my 40 week appointment, and I was um, 40 weeks, two days, and I was two centimeters and a little bit. She said a little bit more faced. So, um, but that his head was still pretty high and kind of floating. It wasn't really like sitting on my cervix. He wasn't engaged totally.
1: Um,
2: and so she did a membrane sweep, and I was having contractions all night long. I, it was pretty strong. I went to the grocery store after, and I was walking around and kind of like, like, whoa, okay, like, I was having some contractions, So I thought maybe this maybe this is going to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: I called. My in-laws live two hours away in Charleston, and they were going to come and stay with my daughter while we went to the hospital um, for the delivery. So they were kind of on call, you know, like on edge, like, when is this baby going to come? Because I was already past two at this point. And um, so they decided to go ahead and come into town. I was like, yeah, you know, I may go into labor. I don't know. I'm having some contractions. And they were like, we'll, we'll just come just in case you go into labor overnight, you know, so we, we won't be driving in the middle of the night. And so they came down, and um, I was having contractions, and then they kind of kind of petered out. But then the next morning I woke up, and I was having pretty decent contractions, about, like, five to seven minutes apart, like, for several hours, and I was losing my mucus plug, and I thought, okay, like, we're, you know, we're going to have this baby. This is going to happen, yeah. Maybe, like, yeah, I'm going to go into full-blown labor. Well, I didn't, so that was, I had the memory on Friday with the whole weekend. I'm, like, having, you know, contractions off and on, and I'm, like, I'm on baby watch, like, everybody's looking at me, like, I felt like people yeah. were just staring at me, like, are you having a contraction, you know, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm good, but it was, I was constantly, like, losing mucus plug, and I thought, okay, anytime now, you know, anytime now, and, um, we were walking and, you know, just trying to get the baby out, but, um, so on Monday, I had another doctor's appointment, so it was, um, this was I was five days past due on the Monday on October ninth. so I was still only dilated to two and eighty eighty percent face, and he was still up pretty high. Like she was like his head is floating, and they had already told me, before, like the very beginning of my pregnancy, they're like we do not induce VBAC, we do not just start from scratch and induce. Um, they're like if you're in a if you're in kind of a contraction pattern, we will augment with Pitocin, a very low dose, you know. Um, and we don't do any other type of induction besides, like, a membrane sweep. Okay, so at that appointment, thankfully, my husband went with me because they, um, she did the cervical check, and she was like, his head is still pretty high. Um, and she said, we have your C-section scheduled for October 11th at 1.30 mm. p.m. And so I'm, like, I get emotional just, like, reading the story and talking about it. So mm-hmm. this is the Monday, and she was like, you know, she's like, I don't want you to be set about this. Like, I, mm. you know, I want you to be peaceful, you know, and be happy on your baby's birthday. And just, and I was like, I, I, Like, I've prepared for this. I've done every, like, I've done everything. Like, I haven't gained too much weight. You know, my blood pressure is good. I don't have diabetes. You know, Mm -hmm. my baby's head down. He's not projected to be huge. Like, my belly's measuring normal. My fluid is good. Like, what else can I do? Like, I've done everything Everything. that they asked me to do. So I was just, like, so defeated. And we were, I mean, I was, like, please just give me some Pitocin. Like, I've been having these contractions, and I really think that I, like, I really think my body will deliver this baby. Like, you know, but I can't. What can I do? You know, we even joked about, like, getting black market Pitocin. And she was like, oh, please don't do that. And I was like, oh. I mean, of course I'm not going to do that. But, you know, like, well, you'd be surprised." she's like, we had a patient one time get, like, some street tech and try to like induce <laughs> labor and it was really bad and I was like oh my gosh like I would never do that but yeah you know um so she was very she could tell how upset I was and I mean I feel like she was really feeling for me but she was like you know we'll make the c-section really peaceful and we'll do you know we'll try to do everything that you want and so we kind of I talked to her about a c-section birth plan if that was what was going to happen, and, um, you know, she had agreed to do skin-to-skin immediately and lower the drape and, you know, do all that sort of thing to make it as peaceful and
1: family-centered as
2: possible. And so we left, and I was a mess. I was just crying, and, like, I didn't – I just didn't know what to do. So my my doula had – she had recommended to me to go – to see a, ch- a chiropractor or do acupuncture or do, we have a remedy float. It's like a float tank to really relax. It's like where you're in total darkness and this salt water thing. But so they didn't have any appointments for that. They didn't, the chiropractor didn't have any appointments, but I was able to get into an acupuncture appointment. So okay. after that, I was so, I mean, I was so upset. My eyes were swollen shut from crying so much. And I was just, I was just so sad that I really thought, okay, I guess, I guess I'm just gonna have to have a C-section. I'm. I don't have any yeah. other choice. And yeah. so that afternoon, I went to a my acupuncture appointment, and um, she was so sweet and calming and just so kind. And she did acupuncture. I had never had any acupuncture done before, so she kind of. We kind of talked about my pre- previous birth and she was like, I feel like you're just bringing a lot of that anxiety and trauma into this, and you really need, you know, I want you to try to get that out of your mind and really try to relax, and so she did some, like, anxiety points to help, try to help release that anxiety, and then she did the points to, for reproductive organs to, like, bring the blood flow and try to, like, induce labor, so I was there for, like, probably an hour or so, and she, um she was, I felt I felt a lot better whenever I left that appointment. I felt more peaceful and I was just like, okay, like you know, if this is what's going to be then that's it, it'll it'll be I'll be fine. I'll be okay, you know. So, I got home and just tried to like enjoy the time that I had with my daughter and we we just had a good evening. We baked cupcakes for the baby and we, you Aww. know, we were like I was like, okay, you know, this baby's coming and one way or another he's gonna be here on the eleventh, like mm-hmm. or before, you know. But that's October eleventh is gonna be his birthday if if I don't go to labor. So mm-hmm. uh, so that's October 9th. and um so my doula we um I called her and she did a hypnobirthing uh track with me and we we did like a visualization, um it was a, another fear release. We had done a couple fear releases before and, like, where you talk about your fears and kind of, you know, envision yourself, like, crumbling the paper and burning it and, like, throwing it away and you're, like, releasing all those fears from your body so that you're able to, like, invite a peaceful birth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she did that with me that that day and we um, we envisioned, like, the final product of, of a VBAC and, like, holding the baby and just, like, a peaceful delivery and, you know, the happy, envision all this happiness and stuff. And so, um, and she, we talked to the baby where you like, it sounds so weird when I'm, like, saying it right now, but we're, like, talking, talking to the baby and she was, like, telling me, like, you know, telling him, like, it's okay to come, baby, and just wiggle your way out. Just push, push down. And we're, you know, we're, like, envisioning, like, the cervix opening and all this stuff. So, so that was, um. That was good and peaceful, and I was like, okay, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I wasn't really having prodromal labor anymore. It had kind of stopped, but um, I talked to my doula. I kind of started – I was peaceful, and then I started freaking out again <laughs> the day before. And so she was like, just call your doctor and see if she'll do another membrane sweep. She's like, just call her. So I called the office, and – my doctor called me back and she was like, she's like, I've been thinking about you and I want you to come back in and we'll try another sweep and see, we'll see if you've had any change and we'll and yeah. we'll try to do it again. She's like, I really, she's like, I was thinking about you and I talked, I talked to the other doctor and you know, we're going to try this. She's like, okay. So I got myself ready and went back to the doctor and um she, Another sleep, another sleep. My cervix was still the same, and his head was still floating, but she was like, you know, I want you to, like, go walk. Like, after this sleep, go walk and try to do some squats and really try to get him to come down. And she's like, if you start having contractions and, like, a timeable, if you start having timeable contractions, I want you to come back to the hospital. And she told, you know, we had done a hospital tour and everything, and she's like, you go here and check in, and, you know, I'm here, and I'll, I'll come back over. So this is like, this is in the afternoon. So my husband went with me. He was, he had taken off work a week after I was due because we thought for sure we were going to have this baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is like 40 weeks, six days and still no baby, which it was nice for him to be off work because he could go walking with me and, you know, we went to lunch and we, it was like. Every day was, like, is this our last day without, a you know, a new baby? and so Yeah. It was nice. So, we, like, my daughter, we spent a lot of time with her. We, like, did fun things. And so it was good. I mean, looking back, it was good, but it was very stressful because we were yeah. against the clock and, like, wondering when this baby was going to come. And, like, the C-section was on the 11th if mm-hmm. he didn't come. So, so we went to the mall, which was close to the hospital, um, my daughter was with my in-laws because they were still in town. Bless them, they had come. <laughs> they were still in town, waiting for this baby. And um, they had her, and she was happy with her cousins playing. And and we went to the mall, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked. And I was having contractions, and I was rubbing clary sage oil like on my belly and on my wrists. And I was having contractions. Like anytime I was like actively walking, I was having contractions. But if I you know, if I would stop they would kind of peter out. So I got we we stopped and we had a snack and we um then we were walking again and I started they started becoming more painful so I was like, Okay, you know, we're my husband had a contraction timer and we're timing them and they're gonna get closer together and so I'm like, Okay, good. So um we get back to the, we we go back to the hospital, which wasn't that far away, but in the parking lot I vomited, like the contraction for pretty Getting intense, intense. Like so I'm, I'm thinking like okay good you know like I'm going to labor now thinking of it, I think I was just really anxious and nervous at you know hindsight mm-hmm. so yeah. I go we go check in and they call the little person to come down with a wheelchair to bring me to um triage and my doctor was still she was still I don't know if she was still at her office or still at the hospital at the time but she she was there so she was going to come by and check me if I had come back to triage so because she had seen me earlier that day so she the the nurse um the triage nurse gets me hooked up to the monitor and I was having some contractions but they were kind of irregular and um and of course I had stopped that I was sitting still on the bed so they had kind of petered out a little bit so I was like dang it you know like now I'm not having contractions and I was freaking out and my pulse was racing and the nurse was kind of, she was like, your pulse is really high. Like the, the alarm kept going off and she's like, you know, I, I was like, yes, I'm freaking out. Like I'm freaking out. That's why my pulse is so high. And she was like, well, you need, like, you need to try to calm down because it's kind of concerning and I don't want you to end up having to stay, you know? And I was like, no, I don't want to stay. So I tried to calm down. My doctor came in, she checked me and, um, his head was still floating, and so she was like, his head is still just not low enough, I don't feel comfortable breaking your water, because I don't want you to have like a cord prolapse, and then end up, you know, being rushed into an emergency section because of cord prolapse, like I'd rather have a scheduled, you know, gentle, calm C-section,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: I agreed, and I understood what she was saying, but it was, I was like, gosh, I just really want a chance to do this, and, um. So she she did another membrane sweep, and she's like, you know, I'll see you tomorrow, and, you know, if you ha- start having contractions tonight, and they're timeable, please come back in, and, in. <laughs> and so I'm like, I mean, of course, I'm like bawling. My, my doula had ended up, I called her when we, after we were walking, and she came up to the hospital, and I talked to her, and she was like, you know, she's like, I just really, you know, I feel... Like, your body is doing so much work, and I feel like it's not over. You know, she's like, it's still not mm-hmm. over. And she was just so positive and, like, peaceful and just like, you know, your body is doing all this great work, and this is not all for nothing. Like, you haven't had prodermal labor and had all these contractions for nothing. And so I, I was like, I'll call you, you know. <laughs> hopefully I'll call you. <laughs> Yeah. And so we got home, we went and got my daughter, we got home, I like rocked her to sleep and we talked about the C section because that was the most one of my driving forces to to want to have a V back so bad was so that I could take care of her and take care of my new baby and not be you know, just feel sure healthier and stronger yeah. and yeah. not feel like a surgery patient and so that was I was grieving her becoming a sister and not being an only child, but I was also grieving, grieving this possibility of feeling terrible after birth. And, and like, my doctor was like, you know, Ashley, there's no guarantee that you won't feel terrible after a vaginal birth. You know, sometimes vaginal births are traumatic and, and women can't just hop up and take care of their toddlers too. And I was like, I know, but I just, you know, compare Compa- comparing my friends' birth stories who have right, had to deliveries versus, you know, C-sections, C-sections are always a longer recovery and they're harder. Mm-hmm. And um, so I talked to my daughter and she was very upset about, you know, because I told her, I said, you know, if mommy goes to the hospital and we have to, you know, and I have to have my belly cut to get the baby out, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to pick you up and put you in your bed and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. And I was just trying to kind of like prepare her for that because she was still very much like a mama's girl and like wanted to be carried everywhere and you know like it was going to be a mess if I had a C-section. So, so we talked about it and the next morning. um, So that night, so we ate a big dinner and um, I was kind of having contractions while we were eating, but I was like I didn't really say anything. My in-laws were back at our house just so they would be there for the the morning of us having to leave to go to the hospital. We went to bed and we were watching uh, Friends on Netflix just trying to, like, chill. And I started having contractions. This is at, like, probably 10, 30 or so. And so I'm, like, having contractions and we're watching it and and I notice, it's like, every four minutes, I feel it's a pretty strong contraction. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. I didn't want to get too excited but I was yeah. like oh, this may, maybe this is it. And so after an hour I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait an hour of having contractions every four minutes for an hour before I call and just to tell her my doula. So I call her and I'm like, you know, I'm having contractions every four minutes and they're pretty strong but I don't I'm not ready to go to the hospital or anything and she's like, Okay, well just call like, you know, just call me. My phone's on, just call me if you need to in the middle of the night. So I'm like, Okay So I laid there, and we would turned off the TV, and we were trying to go to sleep. And throughout the night, I kept waking up to pee, and every time I woke up, I had, like, some mucus plug and, like, a little bit of blood. And so I'm like, okay, maybe things. It's like I kept waking up. I'd have a contraction here or there. They weren't, like, consistently four minutes apart all night or anything. So the next morning... Get up, and I'm like, okay, I want to take her to, I want to take Lila to school, you know, I want to do everything like normal and take her to school and kiss her goodbye and do all that. So, we did that, and I didn't. My surgery wasn't scheduled until 1:30 in the afternoon, which at the time I was like, well, if I'm gonna to have to have a C-section, I just want to get it over with. Like, I don't. Why am I gonna wait till 1:30? Thank, thank goodness it was till 1:30, <sighs> because, um, because that gave us some more time. So. I've kind of resolved myself that I'm like a nervous, I'm nervous and I'm freaking out. Like, I really don't want to have, I really don't want to go. And my husband is like, he's like, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? You can't just, we can't just not go. And I'm like, I just really don't want to go. It's going to be fine. Like we're going to just do it. So we go to the hospital and I called my doula. She was going to come and do some fear releases and just kind of, talked to us before the C-section anyway. Even if I did have to have a C-section, she couldn't go back with with us, but she could be there in pre-op and post-op. She was there, and she was like, um, you're not going to believe this, but one of my other clients, so I was a week late. One of her other clients was in labor, in active labor. Mm. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> well, she was at the same hospital, so it was good, but she was like, I'm going to be here, so I'm going to be, bouncing between the two of you between (laughs) y'all yeah and um you know so i'm in the triage waiting and i'm by myself because my husband they can't come back immediately and so she was like i could hear the other girl and they checked her and they're like you're at eight centimeters you're about to have this baby and i was like oh great you know wonderful for her and i'm like i'm like Mm. please uh my doctor had agreed to do another cervical check before of surgery. And so, um I had to go I was having some like a little bit of bleeding and stuff and so they were like, Yeah, I'll just go ahead and come in before your, you know, eleven thirty surgical prep time. Like come just come now. So we got there a little before eleven and um so I was in Triage for a while and um I was rubbing Clary Sage everywhere like <laughs> trying to get contractions and I was having contractions here and there but nothing consistent and so my doctor came in and she checked me and she was like, You're about three to four centimeters the day before oh, I was at three. She's yay. like, You're at three to four and his head is negative one. So let's um let's break your water and see what happens. And so I was like, Oh, oh my gosh I mean we were like freaking out. <laughs> you know, my husband's freaking out and my I called my doula and I was like, She's gonna break my water and so she's like, Okay, so just hang tight, we're gonna get you to the know labor and delivery room and we'll do it and we'll see what happens and so I was pumped. I was like, Yes, like this mm-hmm. is my chance. Yeah. And so I get I get back to the labor and delivery room and she came in a little while later. It was probably about it was about twelve thirty um in the afternoon and she she really wanted me to have an epidural on board just in case in case things went haywire and we needed to do a C section. She wanted me to have an epidural so that I could be awake and not have not have to be put to sleep um if it needed to be like an urgent or emergent C section. So I really wanted to try to do it Nashville with like unmedicated, but I um I agreed to do the epidural just because she was agreeing to to let me have a trial of labor. Right, and break my water. So, um, so she broke my water, and the water was clear and everything was good. And she's like, "Okay, so I'm gonna let you labor for a little bit, and we'll see like what your body does. Like, if you go into labor, great. You know, if you start having regular contractions." And so, they got a birth ball for me, and um, my doula was across the hall with her other client who was seemingly about to be pushing soon because she was mm-hmm. eight centimeters. So my husband and I were just hanging out. The nurse the nurse was really nice and she was excited to, you know, be helping with this labor and um so they let me they got a labor ball for me and I sat on the edge of the like with my arms on the bed and I was kind of laboring on the ball and just I was having some contractions but they weren't super painful and I was I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'm going into labor and the anesthesiologist came in and introduced himself, and um we talk, He talked about kind of the risks of, like, of a back or a TOLAC and said, you know, kind of talked about what a rupture would feel like and, you know, when I needed, if, if I felt anything like that or felt anything weird that I needed to let them know. So um, mm-hmm. my, my husband talked with the anesthesiologist. We talked about just placing the catheter in my back and not dosing it. Um, awesome. You know, and so he he was like, yeah, I can certainly do that. So he put the, um, he put the catheter in he got it placed and I didn't want to do the medication unless, unless, you know, I wanted pain relief. So um, I labored for a couple hours and, um, and I wasn't really having much cervical change. I was still like just right at like four and um, I wasn't really progressing after a couple hours. And so she was like, let's let's do a little bit of Pitocin and see if that will kind of jumpstart things. So um, I was like, okay. I had had Pitocin with my daughter, and I was like, if I'm going to have Pitocin, I think I really want to go ahead and just get the epidural dose. Like, I don't I don't want to be feeling this. So they were like, okay, well, you have to get a full bag of fluids <clears throat> before they'll do the epidural medication. And so they started the, the IV infusion And they started the Pitocin, but I didn't know that they had started the Pitocin. (laughs) And so I'm, like, starting to feel the Pitocin contractions. And I was contracting on my own, like, every two to three minutes, but they just weren't super strong, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was like, I want you to get in Sim's position. They, like, broke the bed down and put one of the stirrups up and, like, which is on your side with your legs kind of spread apart kind of like you'd be over a peanut ball I guess mm-hmm. yeah in that position they had a peanut ball that it was I think it was too big for me or something because I couldn't I couldn't get my leg all the way around it it was just super uncomfortable so they arranged the stirrup on the bed to um so that I could get in that position and it was like immediately I felt pressure like oh my gosh like I can see why they wanted me to be in this position so they got me in that position and they had started the infusion and then I started having to vocalize through contractions. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, Whoa, like these are so strong. And I was kind of like, and my my doula was across the hall and I was like, I may need some support. You know, (laughs) I may need a doula. So I had a she had a backup doula and I had met her. And so Anne had already called her and I didn't know, but she, I, I called Ann, and she was like, I've already got her on the way. And so I was like, okay, good. good. So <laughs> yeah. she came in, like, almost, it was crazy, like, the timing of it. But she came in, and so she was, like, counting and helping me, like, breathe. And we were, you know, we were breathing and, you know, just kind of vocalizing through these contractions. And the Pitocin, Pitocin was going. And then and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And my husband's like, they turn the Pitocin on. And I was like, "What? <laughs> like, how did he <laughs> give me the epidural first? Like, I don't, I don't want this." And but then, you know, I was able to, I was able to handle it. and I'm fine. And um, so they did. He came in and dosed the epidural, and um, I started shaking profusely. Like I was shaking so hard, and and um, I don't know. I don't know if it was like I was starting to go through transition, or if I was, if it was the medicine. I don't know. But they my nurse checked my cervix when she put the catheter in after the epidural was dosed. And so um, I had gone from a 40 to with a 7 within, like, wow. an hour. And so I was, like, awesome, you know. So at that point, I was shaking, and I couldn't really – it was really uncomfortable working my leg up. And so they broke the bed down to where I was kind of sitting more in, like, a squat with my legs kind of below – my hips Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. kind of let gravity kind of help, and so um by that point the other client had delivered and so my doula was there and then the backup doula was there so I had two doulas and my husband and we were just like chatting and kind of enjoying you know the epidural so I was still feeling contract like feeling the pressure of the contractions but not really I wasn't in pain but I was shaking really hard Mm -hmm. and so um about an hour later my doctor came back in and she did another cervical check and I was about an eight and so she's like okay I want to get you in right sims I want you to lay on your right side and do the same thing get your leg up and try to we're going to try to bring him down even further and so we did that we like put the bed back and they helped me get all situated and um I started feeling a lot of pressure like pretty immediately it was I started kind of having to vocalize through contractions they were and I was feeling it, you know, like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of like an overwhelming sensation, like a pressure. And um, for about an hour, I was, I was, like, I was in that. And Adela was, like, do you want me to go get her? I'm like, do you think, you yes, do you think you're ready? Are you need to push? And <laughs> I was, like, oh, I don't know. And I was just vocalizing and just kind of, like, I didn't, it's, like, I didn't want her to come in too soon. And you know, have to her have to leave again. And I was kind of nervous. I mean, I was kind of nervous to get to that pushing point again because the last time when I was pushing was when my daughter's yeah. heart rate was dropping. And so everything, the whole time, the baby was tracing perfectly. He was fine. Like he was, he had his heart rate was beautiful. And um, and my husband was he was really nervous. And he didn't really tell me all this until after the birth. But he was nervous, like watching to make sure. I mean, we were both we were both worried. I wasn't worried about rupturing, really. That wasn't really my concern. My concern was the baby not doing well and having to mm-hmm. go and have an, another C-section. And I really didn't want to have my water broken because I didn't want a potential to have the choreo again. Yeah. But yeah. I knew, I mean, my doctor had basically said, like, you know, we're not going to wait 24 hours. And, like, if if you haven't delivered, and you know, then we are going to end up going to a c-section like you know so i was like okay at least with the water breaking at least we know like things are going to get started and hopefully everything will end up going the way we want it to so um so i'm like at eight centimeters she we've gotten the some position i'm breathing and my doula finally i guess she could tell like we were at the point where i was complete and so my doctor came in and she checked and she was like okay, we're, we're 10. Yay. And, um, so I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's like, really, you know? So we, they broke the bed down. My husband kind of didn't really hear the, we're at of 10. He was like, what? Like, oh my gosh. You know, so we're like, everybody gets in the position and we're the lights. So we had, we had the lights off. We had some essential oils diffusing and like, you know, it was like a, nice happy little room and um my doctor she didn't they didn't turn all the lights on she just turned on like one light that she needed to be able to see what was going on and um she was just sitting there and she's like okay we're going to start trying to push and so they were kind of helping me and telling me like you know kind of telling me what to do and I was you know telling me how to like to kind of like hold my breath and not to make noise or really like hyperventilate or anything like to just focus all of the energy down and so i was pushing and everything was looking good and they're like okay good good you know she's watching the heart rate monitor like that's pretty much what she was doing the whole time she's watching the baby and um i pushed for about 30 minutes total which was awesome after the fact i yeah. felt like it was an eternity but yeah i was still pushing <laughs> and it was like what i had one doula on one leg the other on the other, and then my husband was helping, kind of push my my back, like helping support my shoulders. And um, in between, they were giving me like cold rags with lavender oil and peppermint oil, trying to cool me off. And and um, at one point, I was getting really exhausted, and um, my doctor was like, "Can we get like we need? She needs some juice or some sugar or something. Like we need some crackers or something." And so. My doula had a honey stick and gave me some honey, and I guess that was kind of like the little boost I needed. And um, they got a mirror so I could see what what was going on, and um, I could see his little head. And Aww. I finally, my doctor finally, she like she was kind of sitting there and she was watching, you know. And her hair was down, and she's like, "Okay," and she's like, she's sitting there, she's like so calm. And I'm like watching her face. I couldn't see the monitor behind <laughs> me, but I was watching her face to see like how she was reacting because I was nervous. If she started looking freaked out, I was going to start freaking Be nervous. out. And my husband, yeah. my husband come to find out. He's like every now and then I was, he was to my left and I kept, I couldn't see him. And he was like, he was going over by the sink and kind of like, like breathing and like, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. my was like reassuring him like, it's okay. <laughs> and then I'd have another contraction and they'd come and they'd help me push. And, and so he, um, I had the mirror and I could see and then she's like okay reach down and pick up her baby it was like I felt that big you know that big amount of pressure and I had my eyes closed really tight shut because I was trying to push with everything I had to get him out and he his little head came out and he started crying when before he was even out totally he was he was crying and um they were everybody was like laughing they were just like I haven't seen this before like the baby's crying, and he's not even all the way out. And so she was like, reach down and pick up her baby. And I reached down and put his little warm, slimy body on my chest and held him. And we were crying, and everybody was crying. And just, I mean, it was just crazy. It was so awesome. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was the best moment ever. And um, he was there, and he was healthy and Perfect, and my husband got to cut the cord, and um, I got to hold him, and he nursed right away, and um, he nursed right away, and we held him, and it was like it was over two hours. He just was on my chest, just looking around and just sleeping, and it was just it was that magical, you know, that magical time that I wish. I would have had with my daughter um, immediately after she was born, and not, you know, not be groggy and feel yucky after having surgery. And so I got to hold him, and they finally weighed him, and he weighed eight pounds nine ounces, and was twenty-two and a half inches long, which was like a really long baby <laughs> by all the nurses' accounts. Everybody was like, "He's so long!" No. And um, he he had um, he was perfect, perfectly healthy. He had great apgars, and he was just a calm little little baby and um he's been our little happy calm baby since he's so it was it was awesome and um my doula was just so she was so excited that I got the birth that I wanted and she was like your doctor is going to be she's like she's going to remember this birth and it's like you know she's like I think this really made an impression on her and she was just like you know it was just awesome and I was like okay <laughs> you know I mean of course I thought it was awesome because it was what I wanted, and yeah, I was so so pleased. But it was um just such a redemptive feeling to like know that I could do it, and that my body could do it, and that I just never never gave up. And I'm so glad that so glad that I had the opportunity to to have a trial of labor.
1: Yes, I love it. I think it's so it's it's so unique. You know, you were in there in triage waiting to be prep for your surgery, and everything just unfolded that way. I love it. And yeah, props on was. your doctor. Your doctor sounds very supportive. Thank you so much for sharing. Although spontaneous labor is always preferable rather than induced or augmented labor, induction of labor for maternal or fetal indications remain an open option in women undergoing a TOLAC, tri- trial of labor after cesarean. According to ACOG, prior low transverse C-section is not a contraindication to induction, other than cytotech. A Foley balloon or Pitocin may be used safely in these women. The problems arise when a practitioner does not believe in doing inductions on women with prior C-sections. Despite the evidence and the ACOG clinical guidelines, the reality is that many doctors may not want to deal with it. We are always looking for more inspiring stories. To share your story, or possibly be on one of our podcasts, post on social media with the hashtag, #WhyWeVBack and tag at the VBAC link, or contact us
0: from our website. Be sure to rate us, and share, and leave your reviews. We are excited to hear what you think. For families local to Utah, be sure to check out our website, UtahVBACLINK.com for more information on our ZBAC childbirth classes and doula services. Thank you so much for listening. We are excited for you to begin your journey with us.